Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here and welcome to the first Business, the Law and You show for 2017. We have another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in the program, we'll be talking with Christina Kerisaitis about those New Year resolutions. We'll also be talking with uh, Tony Vidray about uh, the Centrelink uh, debacle. But uh, at the moment... Uh, we're having trouble finding them because uh, the phones are not working for them. So uh, we'll just quickly do a Harvard Business Review tip and then we'll see if we can uh, get them in a moment. So the first Harvard Business Review tip is four steps to improving your writing. You'll probably write the job, you'll probably write on the job all the time. Proposals to clients, memos to senior executives, constant flow of emails to colleagues. How can you ensure that your writing is as clear and effective as possible? Well, challenge yourself to be more concise. If you chopped out a sentence or two or, or eight, would the reader even notice? Secondly, identify your bad habits. Recognize jargon, passive constructions, something that must be done, and imprecise languages, bad habits that make it harder for others to get the meaning of what you're saying. Thirdly, pair up with another writer. People tend to have complementary problems. Maybe you write too long and your colleague struggles to organise ideas. The job of an editor or a peer reviewer is to show you what you cannot see. That's why two flawed writers can make each other better. And finally, build disciplined feedback in the writing process. When good writers are whipsawed by contradictory reviews, it leads to bad results. With sufficient notice and carefully organised review cycles, you can fix problems and keep your writing coherent. And the second one that we're going to have a look at today is uh, three ways to create a culture of innovation. If you want your employees to be more creative in their day-to-day -day work, you can't rely on ping-pong tables, beanbags, chairs or other events like hackathons. To encourage more innovation, foster a sense of challenge. Give your employees projects that are demanding while also making sure the tasks are a good match for their skills and resources. Don't just give a new project to whoever has free time or could finish it more easily. Before you delegate, ask yourself who would feel challenged by this project and has the capacity to raise the challenge. Thirdly, aim for 70% success. If you expect everyone to nail a task with 100% success, they're unlikely to take risks, which is an innovation killer. Letting them know that 70% success is okay and will ensure they don't play it too safe. And unfortunately, I've been trying to get both our guests on the phone and we haven't been able to get through to them. I think there may be some problems with the phone lines in, in the area because uh, I can't get through to either their landlines or of their mobiles. So... Uh, We'll quickly uh, look into our bag and come out with uh, something else that we can talk about. And uh, this is an interesting one, uh, you, the, the quiet achiever. You know, there's uh, a lot of us out there that are probably uh, introverts rather than extroverts, and we're running uh, small businesses, and uh, often uh, we don't feel like pushing ourselves sometimes, and we can't get out there and do some of those very important um, uh, sales calls that perhaps we should be doing. And so uh, this is very interesting because it can help us to perhaps uh, improve 
our marketing experience. The uh, the main thing about us as, as introverts is to harness our natural strengths. When we look at uh, some of the strengths that we have as introverts, we have a natural affinity for writing. We've just been talking about writing. Some people have a challenge with writing. Normally a, a, an introverted person will be quite good at writing, have excellent researching skills because they do like time alone and, and sitting there and doing a bit of research on the internet and, and so forth uh, helps us to uh, um, find out about things. So excellent researching skills, great problem-solving skills. Uh, problems placed before us, uh, we feel challenged, we can uh, find ways around that. Um, Listening skills, when we're talking with people, we tend to do a lot of the listening rather than the talking. Very creative, well-organized, and have a a building of of deep, genuine relationships on a one-on-one level. So with those natural skills or strengths in mind, we can then look at some of our marketing strategies by using those skills. For example, if we embrace those introverted, our introverted nature, um, and then we'll feel a lot more comfortable with doing that. Create partnerships. We're excellent at, at uh, building deep and meaningful relationships. So, so work on those partnerships and uh, develop those partnerships. Asking questions, because uh, we've said that uh, people who are a little bit introverted are great listeners. Asking questions and then listening to the response will tend to make us uh, very good um, salespeople, listening to the customers, really understanding our customers. Seek out the one-on-one interactions rather than all of those group interactions is is another way of uh, using those natural strengths that we have because of building those genuine one-on-one relationships. We have to practice being vulnerable because, uh, unfortunately, sometimes we do have to come out of those comfort zones and we will feel vulnerable from time to time. So practice being vulnerable. And, of course, we're now in the data um, digital age and blogging regularly becomes a very, very effective and powerful marketing tool leads into our skills of writing and researching and and problem solving and by sending out a regular blog probably once a week once a fortnight or even once a month it keeps us in contact with our potential customers and uh, means we don't necessarily have to go meeting them all the time we could generate business through those blogging go to structured networking meetings so unfortunately we do have to do some of this uh, face-to-face networking. But if we go to the structured ones, the ones we feel a little bit more comfortable with, we're more likely to to get results. Volunteer to help out at networking events. So uh, often uh, it's uh, important to be on that front desk, for example. You meet everybody that uh, comes in and out and uh, it's a great way of meeting people and probably feeling a little bit more comfortable than wandering around at a networking function and trying to to talk to people. Um, Shape your interactions around this communication style. So look for those one-on-one relationships. So when we're at a networking function, we don't have to join those big groups. 
find a person that is standing on their own and have a chat with them. Turn the conversation around to focus on the other person when you're networking. Then you don't have to keep thinking about what to say. You can uh, focus on that person, ask a question and then listen. Take time to recharge. One of the uh, important things for uh, introverts is to be alone, recharge. It's a, a zapping of energy that uh, that happens to us. And uh, therefore, by um, uh, finding that time at, at a networking function, there's nothing wrong with going outside or sitting in a corner and looking at your computer or your iPad and and recharging your battery a little bit. You don't have to be there talking with people all the time. Set goals around connecting with people. So when we're going to those networking functions, set a goal of how many people you would like to talk to um, uh, and and just focus on a, a small number of goals. Create loyalty programs and testimonials. As uh, introverts, people would tell us how good we are at what we've done, so therefore broadcast that. Um, Create that strong personal brand. Join groups that are relevant to you. Be sociable in small, intimate ways. Sending out birthday cards, thank you cards, those sorts of things. Um, Of course, the other one is to make your own hours. When you're working for yourself, you can tend to make your own hours, and therefore you allow yourself that time to recharge and uh, make that batteries strong again take time to work in silence at planned times during the day know when you're working best and take that uh, time to work in on your own take frequent breaks so that you do recharge reflect on your past successes often we we sometimes tend to feel we haven't got where we wanted to be But if we look back at our successes, we find that we have results. We've got those results. So focus on those results. Because remember that you are a very valuable product and therefore market it. Practice your elevator speech. So we often hear a lot of talk about elevator speeches and talking in terms of the other person's way of thinking. Um, Make sure that we've practiced that elevator speech so that we're comfortable with it. Find a coach or mentor to keep you accountable. So we set those goals. Important that we achieve those goals. And sometimes when we're only accountable to ourselves, we don't always keep those goals. And break your comfort zone every day. Important to keep breaking those comfort zones. I think that was the best bit of advice I ever received when I went into business many years ago. Break a comfort zone every day. You'll expand your comfort zone. You'll keep learning and you'll find you'll get results. So that's a little point on the quiet achiever. And uh, if you're an introverted type person, focus on your strengths. been fortunate to get uh, Christina on the phone. So good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. What's happening? I don't know what's happening with the phones today, but uh, mm. at least we've got you. So we're we going to we talk have. about those, uh, those New Year resolutions. Yeah, so did you make any? No, I don't make resolutions because I never keep them. No, and likewise, and I actually don't see what the big deal is about making a resolution on the 1st of January because, as we keep discussing all the time, this is Business Development 101 and it should continuously happen throughout the year and it should never be reliable 
on the first day of the year and it shouldn't be dependent, sorry, not reliable, dependent. Um, it also shouldn't be dependent on a Monday or a Wednesday. So new ideas, new concepts, innovations, creativity should be things that are constantly occurring within businesses every single day, not just on mark days of, of any week or any particular year. Yes, I agree. Uh, that's right. We, we should be goal-setting and focusing. Yeah, and that, that should be something, you know, I, I, I often advise people to, to do it on a Friday afternoon because then you don't really need to think about business over the weekend, but you set your tasks for the following week, and then you know what, because we live in such a, a fluid time where things are changing constantly, you also look at that list every night and go, okay, what's changed? What did I actually get through? What now is irrelevant because of the changes that go through? And just as our bodies change selves every day, Julian, so do our businesses. You know, different things come up, we make different contacts, a new network opens, whatever, a new invention comes into your world, or you have an idea for it, for an innovation, and that changes the course of the next day, the next hour, even sometimes the next minute. Yeah, so uh, what sort of, uh, well, let's say, resolutions, goals, because it is a time when people do sort of refocus their business a little bit after probably having a, a, a couple of weeks break and let's start off the new year with uh, of, uh, a bit more excitement. What sort of goals would people make in their business, do you think? Um, I, th- I think it, they're all around business development. So it's what, what actually has, um, what have I noticed, what excites me, what really pushes my buttons and what really aligns with the purpose of my business. So if we come back to, you know, Simon Sinek and, and start with why and what is my purpose for the business, what new opportunities, A, can I um, now create for myself and out of those opportunities that I have created, what then becomes the to-do list around those opportunities? So um, I'm really happy to, to um, actually be working with Sinek's team uh, in, you know, in Canada and we'll be doing some work with them um, at, when they come here. But for me, what that is, it was okay, what do I really want to do? What aligns with my business? I really want to get involved with what these guys are doing in, in Canada and in the States. Therefore, what was the action against that? Make some contact. It either works or it doesn't. You know, my, my, one of my favourite sayings, Julian, is don't ask, don't get. So if you don't make that initial contact, you never know whether the answer is going to be yes or not. And then, then obviously you need to progress. So what does that relationship look like? What are the steps to getting there? If I look at design thinking, it comes back to that again. It becomes, it comes to the ideation. Where does the idea come from? Okay, now we, now we, if, since we like the idea and we've developed the idea, we've discussed it, we've brainstormed, we've brought diverse brains into the, into the picture. What becomes the action plan about taking that idea and turning it into a reality? How do you get it to market? How do you test it? How do you iterate it? Where does the research come in? So there's a whole lot of steps once you decide on actioning one of the ideas that you've had. Yes, and uh, earlier uh, Steve was talking about uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, he himself said he didn't make them either. About 50% of people actually make New Year's resolutions, but his point was exactly that, that if you come up with an idea, a goal, a New Year's resolution, what plan have you got in place to make it happen? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, the best ideas of mice and men are nothing unless they're actioned and then commercialised. I mean, you know, it's one thing to come up with the plan, then you actually need to take it to market. So we come back to where's that sweet spot? Where does it suit people's needs? Where does it become technically viable? And where does it become commercially feasible? And in the middle of that is the sweet spot, and that's the idea that you need to take to market. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time. Welcome to the program again for the new year. And, Thank you. Uh, we'll have a chat with you again next week. We shall. I've got some really, cle- really clever and tricky little inventions to share with you next week. Thank you.
Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Christina there with uh, yeah, those New Year's resolutions, the same as Steve said earlier. Why, why don't we have goals all the time and have a plan of action to make them happen? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, James Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to find out about business in Maitland with the uh, with Craig McGregor, the president of the Maitland Business Chamber. We're going to talk about innovation and some of those little uh, ideas that have come out over Christmas. And we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Warren Buffett once said, in the business world, the rear view mirror is always clearer than the windshield. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.